Women of Riverside Community is tomorrow, 6 to 7.30. I'm not sure exactly where, but if you look uh, in your bulletin, I think there'll be information about how to get that information. Father's Day pictures, next week is Father's Day, and so I need uh, three to four pictures of our guys with their kids or our guys with their dads or any combination thereof. We, we celebrate all the guys of Riverside on Father's Day. And then barbecue potluck after Father's Day, after the third service next weekend, we will provide the burgers and the hot dogs. Uh, you guys bring sides and desserts and things like that, and, uh, and we'll celebrate together. So, James uh, continuing in this lesson series, looking at uh, James's advice for everyday living. And today we get to James talking about wisdom. And it's hard to understand this part of James without kind of bringing in what we just spent four weeks talking about with uh, the first part of James chapter 3, where he's talking all about our words, right? The words that we use. And James is, uh, I mean, if you've been with us, you know, we've been hitting it over and over and over again. The words that we use are powerful, right? They can hurt or they can heal. And James is very big. It's like basically he says, your words will, will, will impact the very course of your life. Just the words that you say. But then he gets to this part of James chapter 3, and he says, basically he says, words aren't all that you need to worry about, though. James 3, verses 13 through 18. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. The wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. So basically, it's the complete opposite of sort of human nature, right? Human nature oftentimes takes us to very ugly places. And James says the wisdom that comes from above doesn't have any of that in it. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to spend some time looking at this concept of wisdom, and I want to basically ask three questions, and that is, what is it, how do we get it, and what will it do for us? What is it, how do we get it, what will it do for us? So the first question, what is wisdom? I guess I would say that wisdom is, is seeing connections, okay? Now, obviously, the, the wisdom that James is talking about is a sort of spiritual wisdom, right, where where you see the world, you see uh, your relationship to the world as far as other people, your relationship with God, your relationship with yourself, and really just your relationship with the events, the circumstances, the situations that, that come, that may come, and you are able to see things when you have wisdom that not just everybody can see. In James chapter 1, I just read it, but, uh, or James chapter 3, I just read it, but I want to read it again. If you are wise and understand God's ways... Prove it by living an honorable life and doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. And so James says there are, these, there are these things that connect with one another that bring wisdom into your life. Like I said, we just got done talking about the words that we say. That's a big part of it. But James gets here and says, but that's not all. Because while your words do direct the very course of your life, if all you do is say wise words, but you don't back them up with the way that you live your life with integrity, 
living an honorable life and with doing good for the people around you, if you don't connect, make those connections, then your words will, even if they're wise words, they will direct the course of your life. They'll just take you in a completely different direction than where you're hoping to go. And so James says, spiritual wisdom is the ability to see these connections and how they're all part of becoming the person that God designed you to become and that he, he dreams of you becoming. Now, this is true with just about every area of life in a different way. You know, spiritual wisdom is about seeing connections, seeing how things relate to each other, how different events are going to impact different parts of the system, your life, other people's lives. But there's all kinds of wisdom that you see in the world that's the exact same thing, seeing connections, seeing how things relate to one another. Art is a good example, right? Art is one of those things that if you put me in front of a blank canvas, you can give me all of the most expensive art supplies in the world. And unless one of them is a stamp that has exactly the picture that you want, all you're going to get from me is stick figures and like in the corner, a, a, a circle with colored yellow with like yellow lines coming from it representing the rays of the sun, right? That's what I am able to do. You could give me all kinds of training and I might get a little better, but I'm never going to really get to that point. Some people, you give them the same the same exact canvas, same exact supplies. They, they, see, they have everything exactly the same as me, but there's something in them. I've seen people paint pictures that look like a photograph. And if you go to a museum, you'll see pictures from the last several hundred years in there of people who have done things that we now consider them to be masterpieces. Why is it? Why are some people able to do that and others not? Well, it's a certain kind of wisdom. In Exodus chapter 31, Verses one, um, two through three, God says, look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel. I have filled him with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. Wisdom, it's this ability, no matter what arena you're in, to see these connections, to see how things relate, and to bring them together in a way that nobody else really saw to make something beautiful. You see the same thing in music right? Some people, they see connections. They see relationships in the musical world. They're, I mean, there's only so many notes that you can use, right? There's only so many of them out there. And there's only so many uh, instruments. Some people look at all of the instruments, all of the notes. They bring together these connections, these relationships, and they create something absolutely magical. Hundreds of years later, we're talking about guys like Mozart and Beethoven and, and Tchaikovsky. And, and you can come all the way forward to now, your, whoever your favorite modern composer is, man or woman, there are people making beautiful music. I, 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 I don't see any of that, right? Why? Because it's a certain kind of wisdom. You see it in, in literature, right? There are 26 letters in the English alphabet. All of us have access to the same 26 letters. And yet some people will sit down, they will take those 26 letters, and they will put them on the page in such a way that there are these connections and relationships. Oftentimes what will happen after somebody does that, we'll look at it, I'll look at it, I'll go, oh, I could have written that story. But I didn't, right? Why not? Because it didn't occur to me. I didn't, I, I never thought of that. But now I see it, I'm like, of course, of course that's the way that it works. Why was Shakespeare able to see something that now hundreds of years later, scholars still shake their heads and say, how did he do that? 
Or how did she do that? If you believe some of the scholars that think it was actually a woman that wrote all that stuff and Shakespeare just was sort of the guy in the, in, in, in the front. Why are some people able to do that and others aren't? You know, it's like I sit down to write, I'm like, you know, see spot run, run spot run. I'm like, that's pretty good. See the connections, see the relationships there? It's like other people are like, yeah, but that bores me. Other people write things, you know, and they're like, wow, how did they do that? Wisdom. Spy movies are one of my favorite genres of TV or, um, or movies. I love watching like Jack Bauer and Jason Bourne and James Bond as they get into these situations that I'm like, how are they going to get out of this one? They don't seem bothered at all. They don't seem like they're even worried. And I know it's a movie. I know. And it's in the script, you know, and some guy. But some guy actually sat down and wrote out these connections, these relationships of how they're going to get out of it. And that, that, that never would have occurred to me. And so you see them in these situations where they're just like, you're like, how are you ever going to get out of that? Kind of like this. What I need to do right now is wait here. What? Yeah, I'm going to go find a way out. I can't wait. Right I can't wait.
And, you know, it's like, I just love that. I love how they're, they're not, he's not worried at all, right? It doesn't matter what situation he's in, he's not worried. And that's exactly what wisdom is supposed to do in the spiritual realm, too. To give us this kind of confidence where it's like things may look like they're really messed up right now. And, they, and not, not just look like it, they may be really messed up right now. But it's like wisdom is supposed to give us this confidence where we say, you know what? It's okay. I got this. Or we've got this. It's, you know, there's, there's nothing that can come that, that together with God we can't handle. And that's what wisdom is supposed to do. To create a life that is beautiful. The way that, the way that artists create something beautiful with paint and a canvas. The way that musicians create something beautiful with notes and instruments, the way that a writer creates something beautiful in literature. That's what, that's what wisdom is supposed to be. Something where you look at the words on the page, in the, in the pages of the Bible, and they come off of that page, and you move them into your heart, and you start to see these connections, these relationships, and how different circumstances and situations are going to impact. Well, it's taking... It's taking everything going on around you and figuring out how that relates to reality, how that relates to your life. That's what wisdom is. How do I get wisdom? And it's actually, it's actually very simple. I get wisdom by practicing wisdom or by walking in wisdom. I like the idea of walking in wisdom because there's a path that God lays out in front of you. And wisdom, I mean, really, if you were going to break it down to its most basic definition, wisdom is doing what God tells you to do, Right? as best you know it right now. And when you do that, when you walk in the wisdom you already know, then God gives you more wisdom. And then when you, find, when you, you prove yourself faithful with that, then God gives you more. And pretty soon it's like this staircase that ascends towards this, this beautiful, heavenly sort of life. And that's what God wants for all of us, right? It's not like music or art or even literature where to a certain extent you've got to have not just the education, but the knowledge and the talent to be able to do something that other people look at and say, wow, wisdom, spiritual wisdom is one of those things that anybody can develop by walking in the wisdom they already have. And it has almost nothing to do with intelligence, it has everything to do with obedience. And so wisdom is one of those things that I get by practicing it. I get wisdom by walking in wisdom. Now, we all start out sort of on the same level, right? Nobody, nobody starts out their lives with Solomon-like wisdom. You know, it's like we all start out with this very basic level of wisdom. And then if you prove yourself faithful there, it'll, it'll kind of move up. But in the Psalm, Psalm chapter 111, verse 10, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. And all who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. So you see here, it is possible for people to grow in wisdom. God gives wisdom to people who obey his commandments. But what is this whole thing with the fear of the Lord? That used to really bother me because I thought God wants us to be scared of him. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But the fear of the Lord is not terror. You know, it's not like being frightened of God the way that I was frightened of the boogeyman growing up, right? That's not what he's talking about. The, the word fear in the Old Testament, it's like some, some translators will translate it as 
respect. But that's not even really a great way to put it. I think the, the way I think, what the, the, the way that I think an original reader in, in Hebrew, one of the Jewish people, when they read that word, what they would have immediately thought of was this sort of, this reverent, reverential wonder at what God could do in a, in a human life. It's like this, this being staggered or stunned by the awesomeness of God and what he can do in our lives. But I don't know about you, I didn't start there, right? A lot of times, people who are, who are just sort of checking out Christianity, they'll, they'll see other people who've been doing this for years who have this, these, these feelings towards God, and they'll think, How do, that doesn't make any sense to me. How, what do you mean you, 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 you love God? I mean, there's, I don't understand. Well, that's because they've been... They've created a relationship with him, right? And I remember when I first got started with this, I didn't have those feelings for God. As a matter of fact, when I first got started, I wouldn't have called it walking in wisdom back then, but that's exactly what I was doing. I can remember it was July 6th, 1985, and I had tried everything to recover my life, to save my life, and nothing worked. Nothing did. And so I'd grown up in church, and I thought, well... You know, I'd always thought that Jesus saves meant that, you know, your eternal destiny type of thing. But I started thinking maybe what the Bible means is that he can save me from this life right here, right now. And so I prayed this, what I considered to be an anemic prayer at that point. It turned out to be very powerful for me. I said, I said something like, you know, if you're really there, because I wasn't positive, I was skeptical. I had skeptical hope, I guess you could say. I was like, if you're really there, and if you really do want my life, then I will give it to you. But I'm not really sure what that even means right now. And I'll tell you what I was hoping was going to happen. I was hoping at that moment that the, the heavens would part, light would shine down into my life, and angels would descend, strumming on harps, and I would have these overwhelming feelings of joy and love. And, and all, but there was none of that, right? And I was like... You know, I figured if God was who the Bible said he is, then it didn't do any good to lie, <laughs> to manufacture. You know, oh, I love you, Lord. I, you know, it's like I figured it didn't make any sense. And so I was like, if we're going to get to that point, then that's something that we're going to have to get to because I just don't feel it right now. But I will do tomorrow when I get up what I already think I'm supposed to be doing. And then I'll do my best to learn the stuff I don't know. And then, you know, the rest is going to be up to you. And so the next day I got up and I started watching what I said. I started trying my best to live a life of integrity, and I started doing my best to be a blessing to the people in my life. And that's what I think now. I look back and I'm like, that's what walking in wisdom is. And two things happened when I did that. That first week, right? Two things happened. My life blew up, it exploded. I had a harder week than I could remember ever having in my life. And I don't know if you ever have this experience. I'm like, seriously? Seriously, I start doing what you want me to do and all, now my life gets hard? Isn't life supposed to get easy when I decide to turn my life over to God? And the answer is no. No, it doesn't. As a matter of fact, a lot of times it gets a lot harder right at first. It gets more difficult because when you decide to start walking in wisdom, you make some very powerful enemies for yourself. And the forces of darkness do not like it, okay? Now, a lot of Americans do not believe that there are personal forces of darkness at work in this world. They'll say, ah, oh, come on, Pastor Ed, you really believe in that kind of stuff? And yeah, I do now. 
I do now. And, and the reason I think so many Americans don't believe in the devil is because I think in a lot of ways, he's so behind the scenes here in America. It's like, it's almost like, see, the devil's job is to try to get human beings to live powerless, pointless, meaningless lives. We do a really good job of that in America without anybody's influence or intervention. I have a feeling the devil is saying to his demons, hands off those people down there. They are doing a great job for us. They're doing our job for us. If we get them riled up, they might turn to God and start walking with them. We don't want that, so just leave them alone unless they start doing something like that. Your life, I tell people that are getting baptized here all the time, your life is going to blow up. Don't be surprised because you're going to make some very powerful enemies. But another thing happened too, and that is I started to see God's power unleashed in my life almost immediately. And at first I was like, okay, well, that could have been a coincidence. Right? Something else happens. I'm like, okay, that could have been a coincidence. You know, but pretty soon you're looking around like, am I, am I on candid camera? You know, am I being punked? Is Ashton Kutcher going to come out of, you know, it's like you start thinking, after a while I started to think it takes a bigger leap to believe these are all just random coincidences than it does to believe that there is a personal, supernatural hand of God reaching down and unleashing his power into my life. And I started to see both of these things in my life and and I started to notice how this works, how as you walk in wisdom, how God just sort of leads you down, down this path towards absolute beauty and absolute, well, not absolute, but power in your life and light shining into your life. And that leads us to the third uh, point for today, which is what are the benefits? And I, I would say wisdom has its perks. It does. I won't lie to you and say that it's not scary. Right? That, there, that, the, that, it's, that it's, I won't lie to you and say that it's easy. That there's no, it'll just be smooth sailing, right? It, it, there, there will be some bumps. There, it, it, it can be scary because you can think, well, where's this path going to take me? I don't know where that path's going to take me. We like to be in control, right? We, we get worried because we're like, what, if, what will the people who, who I now have in my circle of influence, what will they think if I do this? And I went through all of those things, and I will tell you this. It is scary, and there are sometimes tough things that you've got to do when you are walking in wisdom. But I also learned this. If you don't jump, you'll never fly. Let's watch this. To answer your question, I'm going base jumping. <gasps> really? Wow. Base jumping? You're kidding. Well, why? Well, here's a completely liberating experience. Well, at least that's what the brochure says. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is amazing. Oh, come on, Matthew. Why don't we all go along and watch? <laughs> Sounds like fun. That's a great idea. Let's Better do it. some glass factory. Fine, fine, fine. But I'm not going there to watch. <laughs> so because it's a dare and not a straight jump, yes. when you don't do it right, you will catch the currents and it will slam you in the side of the dam. Ooh. So we don't want that, okay? Mm -hmm. So are you ready? Yes, I am. Go get him, man! Okay, now we're gonna do this. Get corner! Oh, Bob, Bob, the camera. You got the camera going? We're rolling! Go ahead! Okay! Oh, oh, he's good. There we go. He's going over the rail. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Oh my god. Uh oh. Alright, here we go. 
Okay. Look. I have told you before, we have lost a couple of people doing this. Well, like people died? Yeah. Which one first? Ladies first. Ladies first, okay. Ready? Huh? Three. Wait, 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 wait! Okay. All right. Three, okay. two, uh, uh, one, go! Perfect. I'd say, yeah, there's a problem, my class. I know a thing or two about base jumping. I know that the canopy is supposed to be connected to the rigging, and it's not, and that's how people get killed. No wonder you've lost a few people. <laughs> and, you know, I spent a couple of years of my life, like, up there on that edge, going, um, yeah, not quite ready yet. Not quite ready yet. But the day came when I was like, I, I, gotta, I mean, I gotta see what happens if I do this. I've got to figure it out. What is my life going to look like? And yeah, I ended up being a preacher, but I'm not here to say that everybody who does this, that's where they'll end up, right? I, as a matter of fact, when I started this process, I would have told you, I'll do anything except preach. I don't, I, that, that, that I could, I, I would hate doing that. But now here I am, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And what I've realized is that that God knows better than I do what's going to make me happy. And so walking down that path, jumping, it literally is the, it's, it's, it's the greatest adventure I've ever been on. It's, 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 it's a ride that I never would have dreamed was possible. And it creates in you a beautiful life. And James says chapter 113 in your lesson sheets. It's actually chapter 3. But he says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. Now, there are a couple of different words in the original language that the New Testament was written in that are translated good in English, right? One of them is the word that means, you know, uh, good as opposed to evil, moral as opposed to immoral. James could have used that word in this, uh, in this, this, this sentence. It would have completely changed the meaning of the sentence. The word here is the word kala. And as a matter of fact, uh, Mitchell and Ashley, they named their new little puppy, Kala, uh, after this particular word. This word, what it means is uh, beautiful as opposed to ugly. And what James is saying is that if you have wisdom and understanding, it will be shown in this beautiful life that you live. I don't know if you've seen their puppy yet, but if you have, you know she is the definition of beautiful, right? She is a gorgeous dog, and that's what God wants for you. Not to be a gorgeous dog, but to have a life that is absolutely beautiful, that, make, that makes you sit back and think, how did I get here? And the way you get there is by walking in wisdom. It's the only way. And it's, it's one of the perks, one of the many. Beautiful life, powerful life. We don't have time to get into that and talk about that. We'll be going talking about that more as we go into the book of James. But there's a reason why the powers of darkness do not want you walking down this road because they know where it will lead you to a place where you will be a very formidable enemy to them. 
I don't know if you've ever seen, Joyce Myers has this quote, uh, and it, at least she's the first one I ever heard say it. And, uh, this is the more polite version. Uh, it says something like, when you get up in the morning and your feet hit the floor, be the kind of person that when that happens, the devil goes, ah, bummer, they're up. Because, because of what your life means in this world. Finish with this, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. The ways of right living people glow with light. The longer they live, the brighter they shine. But the road of wrongdoing gets darker and darker. Travelers can't see a thing. They fall flat on their faces. What leads to a life that, that glows with light, that becomes brighter the longer you live, walking in wisdom? It's as simple as that. So let's do it. Let's do it together. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful for your son and for the life that he lived, that he came to this earth and showed us this is what a life lived, walking in wisdom looks like. This is what it takes to live a life that is beautiful, that is powerful, and that glows with light. And so, Lord, give us the wisdom to walk in your wisdom and to see the connections, to see the relationships all around us that will lead to that kind of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, instead of a final closing song,